Hello and welcome to Grace Life Duras. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Hello and welcome back to Grace Life Duras. I'm excited to be sharing the word with you today. As we continue talking about empowered prayer and we're at part three and most properly heading into one of my favorite topics to share about, but also a topic that can be very sensitive, a topic that can be very controversial. So get ready, grab your Bible, grab a notebook, something to drink and let's pray and we just get right into it about what we're sharing today. And so Father, I want to thank you for your empowering to share these words. Thank you, Father, that as we look at this, that we will receive from your good hand that which is necessary for us to understand and to awaken to the reality of what we have as believers, that we um, know that we have in Christ the reality of faith, but also that if we're not a believer yet, but we're listening to find out that we will really come to a place where we surrender all acknowledging and realizing that Jesus is Lord and there is no one else and he is the only way back to the Father. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be sharing this word and I pray that it will produce great fruit in the hearts of the listeners. Amen. Awesome. So we are going to be speaking about the ability to pray in supernatural power. And I would like to use, start off today using this example. I don't know, maybe you've never made coffee in a mocha pot, but maybe you have and you'll be able to imagine this with me. But I will share as much as I can to make it clear. But a mocha pot is a coffee making pot that has three parts. It has a bottom part where you put the hot water, a middle part where you put the coffee that you've um, grounded. And then the top part where uh, when you you, um, put it all together, The top part is where the coffee would come out after you put that coffee making machine called a mocha pot. When you put that on the fire and you put some gas to that fire or you put it somewhere where it's warm, it would then stop, the water would start boiling and cook the coffee beans that you've grounded and then very good coffee would come up um, at the top normally depending on what you used. Um, But without the heat, without the fire at the bottom, you can have all the parts of that machine. You can have the coffee, you can have the boiling water, you could have the perfect mocha pot, even a very great big mocha pot or something very fancy. But without the fire, it means nothing. You can have all the components, but you don't have power. And so what we're talking about today is really how to have that fire, that supernatural ability in our prayers as believers, because we must remember that Christianity is not a religion to follow. It is a um, reality to be experienced. That is what we're about. Christianity is something that we get to experience. It's a reality. And therefore, I'm going to be sharing today about how to pray in an unknown language or pray in the spirit or pray in tongues, whatever you want to call that. All three of those words work. If you've never heard of this, 
you it's going to be a blessing if you have heard of this or you may have had some bad experiences or some wrong teaching or false teaching or you may have had some good teaching on it as well people come from a variety of backgrounds listening to this topic i just want to encourage you with this that the lord knew you were going to listen to this teaching not the person who didn't listen the lord knew you were going to listen to this and therefore he has something to say to you today whether you can pray in spirit whether you can't pray in spirit whether you don't want to whether you've never heard of it whether you've heard bad things about it whether you've heard good things about it wherever you are in your revelation of who god is through this ability i want to encourage you greatly with the truth that um what we're sharing today and what i'm sharing is not by accident and you are listening to this and god knew you would be so open your heart open your mind and just listen um and and recognize and realize that god is doing something through this teaching in your own life and in your own heart because he is faithful so i will take it very slow we're building a foundation I'm going to basically go through the most common questions and answer them in scriptural ways. So first of all, praying in spirit or praying in a supernatural tongue, praying in tongues. Um, What is it and who is it for? So we will start with Ephesians 1 verse 13 to start this conversation. And in Ephesians 1 verse 13, you would see this scripture. I'm going to read the easy to read version. It is the same with you. You heard the true message the good news about the way God saves you. When you heard that good news, you believed in Christ. And in Christ, God put his special mark on you by giving you the Holy Spirit that he promised. The NASB in most translations said, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Wonderful. So when you received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you became born again or born from above. You became a new creature And God's Spirit is now living inside of you, making you one with Him. He is yours and you are His. If you didn't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not going to go into too much detail as we did that last week. Go and listen to the previous teaching. So at that moment of salvation, you were also baptized into the body of Christ, which is the true baptism of every believer. Now you have been filled and completed in Him, as it says in Colossians 2. You do not need to be filled again. You are filled and he has nothing more to give you, spiritually speaking. It is a completed work. In the same way that my children, who are small now, are 100% human beings and they have been 100% human beings since birth and they are fully complete in that sense, they are still growing into what that means to be human. And so we do the same. See, they are growing daily to be more and more human, although they already are human. They are using more and more of what they have, and they're discovering things and going, oh, that's cool. But it was not given to them in the moment they discovered it. It was always there, part of being human. So then, part of being born again is that you have been given new abilities, which are given to you by and through the Holy Spirit, who is now dwelling in every believer. We also have gifts, but for today I'm only focusing on the part which we would most properly say the basic package deal of being a believer, okay? The work of the Spirit within, wanting to demonstrate the new creation reality in you 
and through you as a believer to the world around you who may not believe. Okay, so I'm going to go back to the question. We're going to answer it shortly after reading that. Who is it for? It's for every single believer. It is an ability given by the Holy Spirit to all believers. What is it? It is the ability to pray in a supernatural language, a heavenly language, praying in tongues. Why is it important to know about it? Well, first of all, it's part of the Great Commission. What is the Great Commission? Go to Mark 16, verse 15 to 18, and you'll see there that Jesus said to his disciples before he went back to heaven. So these are his, these are his last recorded words on the earth, which means they would be very important. And he gives them kind of a mission. He says, go now into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. The one who has believed and has been baptized will be saved, but the one who has not believed will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not harm them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. You see, this is for every single believer. Jesus was not speaking to a special group of believers or pointing only to a few within the believer group. He was saying, this is for all of you. By the empowering of the Holy Spirit, this is what you can do now that Jesus has accomplished his work. One, you can share the gospel with power to see salvation come to people and people go from darkness to light, death to life, being enemies of God to being children of God. Secondly, you can lay your hands on the sick and they will recover because of Jesus' power working inside of you. Thirdly, you can cast out demons in the name of Jesus and they will flee from you. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And Jesus' own God, God's spirit lives inside of you. That was the empowering of Jesus on earth. And then with that package deal, we pray in a heavenly language. It says you will speak with new tongues. So many times we will acknowledge that the first three is very important for us as believers, but then the last one, maybe it's for some, maybe we don't get it, we're not sure. You see, and that's why we struggle to surrender to praying in our heavenly language, because it is taught that it's just an added benefit, and it's not really essential in order to complete the Great Commission. However, in Jesus' opinion, he is showing us it is essential, and it is an essential part of going out to share the gospel. It is an essential part of being a believer, is the ability to speak with new tongues. So, second reason why it's important, well, it's the evidence of being born again. Every believer should operate in it. That doesn't mean every, every believer does, but we should. You can choose not to. And that doesn't mean you are not born again, not at all. But it is like being married and never becoming one. And that I want you to think about. You see, this is the evidence of being born again. It is the evidence that something supernatural has happened to you when you said yes to Jesus as Lord. 
something supernatural which means you were born again you are now spiritually alive you are no longer part of the world that's spiritually dead and if you're spiritually alive that means god's spirit is alive in you and he has given you abilities that is from him and he has given it to all and there should be evidence of that because our faith is a reality to experience it's not just something we're asking people to blindly believe we have evidence for what we believe And this is one of them. Go with me to Acts 10, verse 44 to 46. We're going to jump right in the middle of a story, but we're just proving a point for now. So while you page there, I'll tell you that Acts 10 is where Peter is now going to the first um, Gentiles, those who are not Jews, and he is preaching the gospel to them. And he never thought this was going to happen, and yet there he is in a Gentile home. And as they listen to the message, Something incredible happens, okay? It says, while Peter, in verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers, this is the Jews, who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, surely no one can refuse water, For these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did. Can he? Wow, that is incredible. While you are still speaking, something happened. They saw something happen. Now remember, very important, when we read the book of Acts, the book of Acts is not a book of theology. Luke is simply writing down an account of what he sees. And he himself says that. He wants to put together an accurate account of what happened. Okay, he is not teaching theology like what Paul was doing in his letters. For example, he was teaching us theology. This is not the purpose of the book of Acts. So what is Luke saying? He is simply expressing and trying to explain what he saw. So to him, it looked like the spirit fell upon them. Why did it look like that? Because as Peter was sharing, suddenly they heard people started to pray in spirit. They started to see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But what was really actually happening here? What was happening is that those who believed in their heart, as Peter was speaking, they believed in their heart and immediately they became born again. And with that, what happened? There was an outside expression of an inside belief. They could pray in spirit, pray in a heavenly tongue. They believed, became born again, and immediately started speaking in their language. They were releasing that which was inside of them. And so Luke uses Old Testament language to say it came, the Spirit came upon them. I really believe it happened so quickly with them specifically because they had no uh, law that was telling them how certain things should happen. And sometimes that happens with us. I believe that's why largely in the church today, we would say that Holy Spirit baptism, that's what we call it, should be a second experience to salvation. But God's heart truly and honestly is that it be a one-time event. When you get born again, immediately you are filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized into the body of Christ, and immediately have access to every single ability of God through His Spirit. And the first of those that should manifest in your life is the ability to speak in an unknown tongue, or I like to say a heavenly language, your heavenly language, spirit to spirit. So it's really important that we see that this is evidence of being born again, especially to the early church. 
So the third reason why it's really important is that it was prophesied about in the scriptures and therefore it was a fulfillment of what Jesus came to accomplish through his death, burial and resurrection. If you look in Isaiah 28 verse 11 to 12, you'll see that Isaiah speaks about this. Again, Isaiah 28, 11 to 12. Indeed, he will speak to this people through stammering lips and a foreign tongue. And he who said to them, this is the place of quiet, give rest to the weary and this is the resting place, place, but they would not listen. So it was prophesied already through Isaiah that God would speak to his people through his stammering lips. And it's awesome to see when you do help someone to release their um, spiritual language and you pray with them or when you start to do it, you'll find your lips do stammer a bit. Sometimes just because it's scary um, to pray in a language you don't know, you don't understand. And... Um, so we see what are the results of this. The result of praying in spirit is that it will lead you to rest. It gives rest to the weary. We'll talk about that next week. Um, but also what we see in the fulfillment of scripture, we see the account in Genesis 11, 4 to 7, which you're welcome to read later on your own. I would advise you to do it. We see that the people of the world come together and they build for themselves a city for themselves, a tower whose top will go into heaven. You know, they want to make a name for themselves on the earth. And then God comes down, he sees what they've built. And he says, behold, they are one people. They have the same language. And this is what they started to do. Now, nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. And so God confuses their languages and spreads them all over the world. And so what happens here is we, it's very important that we recognize that God was not against the fact that they came together to build. He was against what they were building, the intent. They were building a place for themselves to be God. So now, after being born again, now that we've got a new creation on the earth and God is establishing a spiritual temple, a spiritual group of people, a spiritual um, family on the earth, God has also given his spiritual people a spiritual language to do what? To unite his people again so that they could build a spiritual kingdom with spiritual people where the, the um, truth in this verse would now belong to us that nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them when it is done for the glory of God and the kingdom of God and for his purposes. Isn't that powerful? Also, another reason it's important, I believe this is number four, is that it is something practiced, valued, and taught in the early church. If we look at Acts 19 verse 1 to 2, we'll see that um, it happened while Apollos was in Corinth that Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus. And there he found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, on the contrary, we have not even heard if there is a Holy Spirit. You see, these people, he just met them a moment ago. And the very first question, he asked them, okay, you classify yourself as disciples, so have you received the Holy Spirit? Now, many people, because of tradition, the traditional teaching, might say he is asking them, have they been baptized in the Holy Spirit? But actually, what is he asking them? He heard that they were disciples, and from what they were already sharing, he concluded, wait a minute, have you been born again? Have you received the Holy Spirit when you believed? Is this the belief that you have? Is this the disciples you are talking about? Is this the kind of discipleship you have? And they say to him, no. And if you read a bit later, you'll see that they were actually just disciples of John the Baptist. They were baptized in water. 
So what is he asking them? Have you been born again? Now, part of that process and part of the story, go and read it for yourself, is then he does tell them the full gospel they receive by faith. And then they pray in spirit and prophesy. Okay, so this was something taught by. It's valued by the early church. Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 8 says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. You know, Paul in his letters, <clears throat> excuse me, writes some of the most powerful prayers, I believe, still in the world. I mean, how many times have I personally read Ephesians 1 and, and prayed those prayers over myself and over the ministry? You know, and then he speaks about prayer so powerfully and so intimately. And he shares such incredible truths. I think about Ephesians 4, oh, Philippians 4, where Paul says that we should bring everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving before God. And therefore, we don't have to be anxious about anything. Just bring it to God. And then he says, and the result of that will be that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ. Now, when we read that, we think he's talking about a natural prayer, but it cannot be because he actually stops to say and write these words down in Corinthians that I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. That's not a statement of arrogance. That's a statement of truth that he was saying. He is grateful to God that he prays in spirit. And you know, in 1 Corinthians 14, 39, he not only praises God for tongues, but he said we should never stop people from praying in spirit as long as all things are done decently and in order. This was important to them. If it is important to the early church, if it is prophesied and it forms part of the fulfillment of Jesus' work on the earth, <clears throat> if it is part of the Great Commission and if it's the evidence of being born again, it is important that we understand what it is and why we should operate in it more as a body of Christ globally. So, another question is, what is the benefit of it? Or why do I even need it? Well, we find the answer in a bit of a strange place. You might not think I would go there for this topic, but we are going there. Go to James 3, verse 3 to 5. I'm going to read it from the easy-to-read version, just because it sounds easier. <laughs> so, we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. With these bits, we can control their whole body. It is the same with ships. A ship is very big and it is pushed by strong winds, but a very small rudder controls that big ship, and the one who controls the rudder decides where the ship will go. It goes where he wants it to go. It is the same with our tongue. It is a small part of the body, but it can boast about doing great things. A big forest fire can be started with only a little flame. So isn't this so true? How much good can come from, a, from an uplifting or kind word? And how much evil can come from a word with, of hurt and condemnation? So if there was one part of our body that God could help us to bring in line to be spiritual, which one do you think he would choose? Of course, our minds is also at work here. But according to James, the, your tongue would be the one that he would need you to, uh, need to help you with. And one of the main reasons I believe we are given this ability to pray in a heavenly language is because it is the one part of our body that needs a lot of help, our mouth, our language. So what is praying in an unknown language or a spiritual tongue? 
It is the ability to pray from the spirit instead of praying from the mind. It is our spiritual language and our spirit praying from within. Um, and it's praying spirit to spirit. Now we're going to talk more about it next week. And it's going to be incredible to see even more the benefits of praying in spirit. But you know, when we pray naturally, our mind is so limited. We can many times pray prayers that's not fruitful, not effective, and just feels like it doesn't accomplish anything except make you feel sometimes worse about what you're going through. And where our mind is limited, our spirit is not. So the ability to pray in a spiritual language actually takes us above that which is natural into the supernatural realm of God. It is a way to build up your faith and keep you in the love of God. Jude 1 verse 20 to 21 says, But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God, looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. You know, the results of praying in spirit is that you build yourself up in faith and that you keep yourself in the love of God, which means you are empowered to operate in the miracle working power of God and the gifts of God as an effective witness with great fruitfulness in your ministry. If you are kept in the love of God, if you're building up your holy faith, the natural overflow should always be that more people are being impacted by the love of God through you because of what he's doing in you. So um, one important question we must answer is what can stop you from unlocking it? Mostly false teaching. When we've heard the wrong thing about it, maybe hearing that it's from the devil, that can hinder it but it can definitely not stop it because you already have it. It's your decision whether you operate in it or not. When you were born again, you got it. It's yours. Now it's our decision. I know of some friends who it took long to receive it because of false teaching. However, I know other friends who had wrong teaching, got right teaching, like myself, and received it immediately. Then another thing that can, um, can make us stumble is the tradition of man. To say, this is not what I grew up with. This is not what I believed. I'm fine. Um, and actually, I just feel more comfortable holding on to what I believed before. For sure, then you will not operate in it. Another reason um, or is that you don't want it. God will never force himself upon you, even though it is a supernatural empowering of God and a great, great gift that he has given to the body of the believers. If you do not want it, you do not need to operate in it. It's yours in your spirit, but if you don't want to operate in it, he will never pursue you or push you in that way. Then, the fourth reason is simply not valuing it. I do not buy that which I do not value. (laughs) It's just as simple as that. And so I could walk through a shop that's amazing with many things, but if I don't value it, I will not buy anything. And so the same thing is true when it comes to praying in spirit. If we don't value it and we don't surrender, we will never surrender to it. If we don't see it as valuable, if we're scared, scared to surrender to God, then this will also be something that we will be scared of. So first, or, or let's finish by saying this. How do you know if you're ready? You were born again ready. When you got saved, you got it. It's yours. It's in you. Where do you start? Well, You have already received it. When you became born again, you got it. God has filled you fully. You are full. Um, It's not something that comes upon you. It's like adrenaline. That's the best example I've heard as well. Uh, Adrenaline is always in you. But when the occasion comes that you need it now, it is released in your body and you start working in the power of adrenaline. It's important to know that um, 
you can operate in it or not. It is not an evil spirit. It doesn't take a hold of you. He will never force you. So when you surrender to it, it means you dip in and you just start praying in spirit. It's already in you. There is a difference between the spirit having you and you having the spirit. That's very important. That's not my quote. Um, uh, I love when it was said and how it was said. There is a difference between you having the spirit and the spirit having you. So it is an act of surrender, surrendering to that. Okay. Now that the spirit is in you, you now have the opportunity to surrender and flow more and have more of what he is doing in you. How do we receive it? Well, you could just pray on your own right now and say, Father, it's mine. I receive it in Jesus' name. And instead of praying in a known language, like whatever language you speak, just be quiet, open your mouth a bit, and wait and hear what happens. But mostly I've seen it work most successfully when someone helps someone else. So for example, I can pray in spirit, now I pray with someone else and help them just to get started. Um, people, that's what's called like the laying on of hands. But I've prayed for people and I didn't lay my hands on them. I've just been praying with them. And then they unlock or surrender to it and they start praying it. When you do do that, it is very important that you do speak it out loudly. I always encourage those I help with this, that it's important to pray it out loudly. So your mind hears it. So you hear it so that you don't, your mind doesn't convince you, oh, you're just making it up. Oh, it's not that important. Oh, it's not real. So every time I see someone surrender to it and they have the evidence of praying in spirit, I will encourage them, keep on praying in it. The same day you received it, pray in it. The next day, pray in it a lot so that your mind cannot override it and say, oh, this is not important. Oh, you're just making it up because it isn't a language you understand. Now we'll talk about understanding it or what the scripture calls interpreting it next week but in the beginning it sounds like you're just going to spit out a silly word but spit it out and start god has given you a language it's already in you just unlock it and it will help if you are with someone if you can't be god will help you on your own meditate on the truth and just be relaxed um, when you do start praying in your spiritual language Pray in it as often as you can. I pray in it as often as I can for it. It has great benefits, great benefits to us. The Father doesn't just give us something that's average. He is always giving us supernatural ability, power, and supernatural gifts. And so this is one of those abilities. And so as we pray in it more, we don't just pray, receive it, and we move on. I've heard so many people's testimonies that say, yes, I've got it, but I don't really pray in it a lot. That is foolishness. Uh, it's total foolishness. And if you are listening to this recording today, I want to encourage you, don't be a fool anymore. If you've received it, use it. Use it regularly. It unlocks the scriptures. And in fact, I'm getting into my next teaching, so I'm not going to share more than that next week. We will listen at what are the benefits of it, why should we operate in it, and how to understand more about what it does. So let me pray for you. Father, I want to thank you that as we got into this together and as we looked at this more, that there are those who are listening, Father, that will just simply surrender in whatever form it looks like. And Father, that we may know you give good gifts to your children. As you said, no child will ask the father for bread and he gives him a snake or an egg and he gives him a scorpion. 
So you give good gifts. Father, thank you that we do not need to understand everything. We just need to know you are enough and what you give is good. And lean into the gift that is already given, the ability that is already in us, so we may walk it out freely and powerfully. We praise you for your faithfulness, Father. We glorify you for how you work in us and among us because you are good and always good. So, so good to us. Thank you, Father. Amen. If you listen to this and you really want to unlock your spiritual language, but you struggle to do it on your own, please make contact with us. We'll be more than happy to help you as we, as best as we can. Have a great day. Bye. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Duras area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.co.